All right, turn in your Bibles, if you will, this morning to the book of Jonah. Jonah is in the Old Testament, right after the book of Obadiah. So if you know where Obadiah is, you'll be able to find Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day today, for the rain that is refreshing on the outside. And we pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would fall like rain on the inside and refresh us today with the power of your spirit in the name of Jesus. And Lord, in these short words that we have uh, uh, today, this short time together, we pray that, uh, God, that your heart would be revealed, that you would speak through me in a way that would, would please you and give honor to Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1979, Elvita Adams decided to take her own life by jumping off of the 86th floor observatory of the Empire State Building. She was suffering from depression from being evicted from her apartment. So she scaled the seven-foot spiked fence that is on the 86th floor of the observatory of the Empire State Building and jumped. Now, the fact that someone jumped from a tall building to take, take her life is unfortunately not so uncommon. To survive a fall from that height is, is impossible, but Alveda Adams on that day did survive. You see, when she jumped off of the 86th floor, a gust of wind caught her and blew her into the 85th floor window. (laughs) And her only injury was a fractured hip from that ordeal. So there are people who think the story of Jonah is a bit far-fetched, swallowed up by a fish. Yet if you can... If you can believe that the story of Elvita Adams is too strange to be true, you might also think that the story of of Jonah is too strange to be true. But if we are here today, we believe in the inerrancy of of Scripture. We believe that it's true. And we hold to it. That we can also understand that this story of, of Jonah can also impact our lives and change us. God's kingdom is full of Jonas. I want to serve God. Amen? You want to serve God? As long as it's convenient. I desire to do God's will. Fewer amens maybe this time around. I desire to do God's will until it becomes uncomfortable. I certainly want to hear God's voice probably more than anything, I want to hear God's voice. As long as it's something I'm supposed to pass on to someone else. And I think most of us 
Most of us can fit that scripture in and even confess this morning that, that we are a lot like that. I can be a lot like Jonah. Life's interruptions, what are they in your life? Loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, car breaking down when the money's tight, interruptions. Unexpected pregnancy, sickness, and that unexpected command from God. Interrupted lives. Teenagers hate for their lives to be interrupted, especially by an adult who doesn't know anything. <laughs> Men don't like to be interrupted in the middle of watching a game, especially when the tying runs on third, two out, and a pitcher who can't find a strike zone. It's not the right time to talk about your day. And we generally have our days laid out before us. Rarely will we schedule a time in our day to be interrupted by, by God. You know, we don't say, well, noon to two, I'm going to just put that in there for an inter interruption from God today. We don't do that. Interruptions is, is, what, is what it is. It's an interruption. It interrupts the, the way we have our, our day laid out. And here are a couple of things about, about interruptions. They come our way and they tend to bring frustration because it gets us out of sync. We don't like to be out of sync. I don't know of anybody that enjoys that. Frustration comes from getting out of sync. And also interruptions come our way and they bring with them the challenge of reacting in a godly manner. Amen? I believe it was Mark Schell that said, ministry happens in the interruptions of life. Let's remember that. We all know that life is, life is trial and error. It's what makes life, life. It's what makes life interesting. It's what make, makes life rewarding because we try and we fail, so we keep trying until we get it right. We experience victory. Life, it's, it's, the way, it's the way life is, trial and error. And there are so many times in, in my life where I know that you have too. I mean, in the Wizard of Oz, we had the, the yellow brick road. It was the way. I mean, we, had, we start like this, there's, and we just keep following the yellow brick road. It's going to get us to Oz. If we veer off the yellow brick road, then, you know, and then you got these witches and monkeys, you know, that are just going to that are gonna come your way and really try to distract you. But we have, we have the way. We have the way to stay, to stay on the path. There are many times that I would pray to God that he would conform to my timeline. You ever done that? Nah, sure you haven't. And here we have, today we have the story of Jonah who is a prophet and one source that I read says that Jonah was the only prophet who ever actually ran from God. And I didn't, didn't really compare that with any other resource or anything, but it says Jonah was the only prophet who actually ran from God when called to a specific task. And in verse two of our text, God says to, to Jonah, arise and go. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? 
a familiar command that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28 to go, to go into all the world. And so often when we have the opportunity to go and tell, and every day he gives us another opportunity to go and tell, and another opportunity to go and tell. Every day that's before us, to go and tell. But so often we, instead, we decide to avoid and remain silent. So we're going to look at today a couple of, couple of different ways that invitation or interruption or how the interruptions of life are an invitation from God. And number one, today we'll find out that interruptions are an invitation to trust. God won't call us to something that he won't equip us to complete. Amen? Philippians 1.6 says, and, and being confident of this, that he will complete the work in us that he began. He will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He won't equip us for something that he won't, he won't, he won't call us to something that he won't equip us to complete. And even though we may feel ill-equipped or inadequate, it's an opportunity to trust in his sovereign plan. I don't know how often God calls the confident. Has there been any time in your life when God has called you to something that you just automatically felt confident to do it? Whether it's being part of a worship team and singing a solo, whether it's, being, it's leading a, a, an old group on Sunday morning in front of people that you've, you've never done before, whether it's a new job experience or, or whether it's going and witnessing to, you, to your neighbor, have you ever felt like, I got this? I hope not. I hope not. It's an opportunity for us to trust in his sovereign plan. In 2002, after, after 20 years of being in retail management, for 20 years, in 2002, I had an opportunity, opportunity to leave the rigid schedule of retail and enter into the time-flexible career of insurance sales. Moan and groan. To make a long story short, the reason many people get into insurance sales is flexibility of schedule. And the reason people fail and get out of insurance sales is flexibility of schedule. I failed miserably at insurance sales, but I stayed with it for four long years until I finally had to find something else. We dug ourselves into a hole. We dug ourselves into a financial hole that, you know, you come to a point where you, are you going to see... Is there, is there light somewhere? And you get to a point where you don't see that light. And for us, it became an opportunity to trust God. That season of our lives was God's invitation to trust. And praise God, he would help us get through those times. And he's help, still helping us get through tough times. When did Jonah's interruption turn into an opportunity to trust? In verse 17 of chapter 1, it says, then the Lord appointed, 
a great fish. The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And in chapter 2, the beginning of chapter 2, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. Sure, yeah, good time to call out in, in your distress, in the belly of a whale. About time. Could be a, a stress-producing predicament. As long as it takes, folks, I'm, I'm here to tell you today, as long as it takes for us to get it, as long as it takes for us to learn to trust God, it determines how long we will remain in the belly of the fish. God can wait. He was here before you and me. He'll be here after you and me. God loves us so much. He loves us enough to allow the process to be completed. And we can stay in the belly of the whale. We can stay deep in debt. We can stay in whatever situation that we are in until we get it, until we cry out to the Lord in our distress. And he will answer us. And we come to that place where we say, yes, I will trust you. When he has a calling on our life, he wants to make sure that we get the message. No shortcuts, no easy way around. But when there's the command, when there's the message, he's looking for that response from us that will send us on that course that he has laid out for us. But for most of us, for most of us, most of the time, we have to be swallowed up by a big fish and we just have to stay in the belly of the whale for, for a little while. Interruptions are an invitation for us to trust. Number two, in interruptions are an invitation for us to learn. We learn. I'm never too old to learn. And my experience in insurance sales taught me a very valuable lesson. I couldn't sit by the phone and wait for it to ring. I had to actually call people. I had to actually pursue people and convince them that what I was offering, they needed. I had to learn that. That is a hard lesson. Sometimes that phone was weighed a ton. I can't quite get it to my ear. It's so heavy. But what a great lesson that was to learn that, you know, my great magnetic personality is just not going to cause those people to call me and say, Brian, I need all this life insurance and this health insurance, and you, you are the one that has been shown to me that I should call and give all this money to. It does not happen that way. And in the middle of that, I realized that not working very well, and that's very humbling, and it breaks you. Lesson learned. Being in the belly of a big fish for three days and nights was Jonah's invitation to learn 
that running from God's presence was futile. And in chapter two, you can look at chapter two, it takes on a different, a different tone from the third person narrative to the prayer, the psalm-like prayer that Jonah prays. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish saying, I called out to the Lord in my distress and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me and your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me, you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It's that place, coming to that place. Okay, I did a bad thing. I messed it up. And the very last verse of chapter two says, and the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. But Jonah had to stay there until that work was complete. And I know from, from many times that I've stood up here, I've quoted the first chapter, the first few verses of the first chapter of James. And, and I, I use it so often in my life. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That is... That is the desire for our Heavenly Father, for us, his children, that we would be mature and complete in him, not lacking anything. But what he does, he allows us to go through those trials of life and that stuff, the, the bellies of, of whales and four years of insurance sales so we can persevere and hear his voice and say, I surrender. Now I'm ready to hear your voice. And whatever situation we are in, once we reach that point, the fish vomits us out onto dry land. In God's due time, he provides that way out, but not until we pass the test of coming to the end of ourselves. God's interruptions are an invitation for us to learn. Number three, interruptions are an invitation to obey. So let's look at chapter three, and it begins, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, arise and go to Nineveh and call out against it the message I tell you. Aren't you glad that the voice of the Lord comes to us a second time and a third time and a fourth time? To say, get up and go and do that which I have told you to do. 
So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. I believe at this point, Jonah got the message very clearly to go to Nineveh. It took nearly drowning and getting swallowed by a big fish to get it, but he reached that point of futility. It's a no-win situation with God that when he's called you to a task, that there really is, there's only one answer. And that answer is either yes or okay. And if, if there's any other answer besides that, then, then here comes the big fish. Without, without raising your hand and without standing up and telling me your story, I'm asking you, this morning, who is, who's experiencing their life right now in the belly of a big fish? It's dark, seaweed wrapped around your head. That's uh, just a nasty thought, I'm sorry. It really, really is. What are you experiencing this morning that you, because you have said no to God or, or God, as long as you'll conform to my timetable, and he's like, no, no, I can wait. Here's a fish. God is looking for obedience. That's what he asked for. He wants us to obey. Sometimes it takes a, a great process. I've learned, I have, I have learned, I think it's just my, sim I'm just a very simple person. I, I've just learned that he, when he asks for, when he says something, I just say, okay. Because I know that the, the straight line to say obey is much better than saying no and then having to wander or being swallowed up by a big fish. Because I know that he won't equip, he won't call me to do something that he won't equip me to complete. The Bible says that he is patient toward us. He knows that we are fallen. He knows that we make wrong decisions. He knows that our ways are not his ways. And we need to remember that about each other. Amen? I'm gonna fail you. You're gonna fail me. You're gonna fail one another because you're gonna make wrong decisions. You're gonna, you're gonna base a decision on a, a, on a feeling or a certain circumstance. We need to realize that about, about each other as we know that God knows that about us. That's why we have the process of life. That's why we, that's why we have the story of Jonah and the whale. Moses and the children of, of Israel being in the wilderness for, for 40 years and on and on. It's a process. And the processes of God are what could form us into the image of Jesus. And we should not despise that process of God. We should not despise the process that brings temporary pain. We should not despise the process that brings discomfort. We should not despise the process that brings irritation and setbacks. 
But just as James says, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. That's a process in itself to learn to get to there. Whenever we face trials of many kinds, because it's the testing of our faith that develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that we might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Don't despise the process because the irritations of life, the setbacks, the interruptions, they are God's invitation to holiness. Let's pray. Dear God, today, we bring you honor, we bring you glory, for you are worthy. The name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. As we enter into this time of, of ministry, dear God, I pray that you would search all hearts. Lord, if, if there is one or many more here, Lord, that is dealing with the process, if they're dealing with being in the belly of the fish right now, that the process of, of learning and obeying and trusting is a hard lesson, Lord, you're in no hurry. Lord, would you do a work in us this day to trust you, to learn that the irritations of life are your invitation to holiness. Use this time today, oh God. Draw people to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand? I want to invite you to come this morning. Whatever you're dealing with, if you're, if you're wandering around trying to find what the answer is or avoiding the presence of God as, as Jonah avoided the presence of God, then would you come and would you surrender? Would you surrender your, your will, your life to God this morning and say, yes, God, I will go. I will do what it is that you lay before me even though I don't feel like I'm prepared to do it. Nobody does. Nobody feels like they're prepared right out of the chute. <clears throat> to take on a task. Would you come this morning? It's this morning, if you're here, you've never received Jesus Christ <clears throat> as your Lord and Savior. You've never turned your back on your old way of living to walk in a new way of life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, <clears throat> old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We are new, a new creature, a new creation in Christ. If this morning you've never given your, your life to Jesus Christ in salvation, and you know that he's tugging at your heart this morning to do so, if your heart's racing a little bit and you're kind of jittery and you're just, come and give your, your life to Jesus this morning. Somebody will meet you here, grab somebody, have them come down with you. Somebody will meet you here. Won't you come?
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.